Support for the Clock Dodgers podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Speaking of family, we do not have Josh here today, Adam. Man, I like that transition. It's a little mysterious because as soon as we started doing Manscaped ads and introducing this into Josh's life, which, you know, we, we know he mentioned that this is something he just started. It was the life game changer for him. He's not here today for today's episode. He had all kinds of excuses. First, it was personal plans. Then it was the power was out. All kinds of shenanigans, which to me, I'm starting to think maybe Manscaped was playing a part in Josh not being here today, Adam. Yeah, Neil, it's shockingly suspicious. I mean, first it was we have to move the night of the podcast so he can get a little extra alone time. Then he doesn't even show up to the night that we had it moved to. He claims power outage. I claim power downstairs. I, I really believe it, man. I, this is really what's happening. This is a conspiracy, and it's happening right here in front of our faces. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not even surprised about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm not hating on it because Manscaped products are that good. Let's be honest, man. When you get 20% off and you get free shipping with the code Clock Dodgers, when you visit manscaped.com, this kind of stuff is bound to happen. It's a life-altering decision. You get 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code CLOCKDODGERS. Your balls will thank you, and apparently your life all around you will. It's a game changer. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. You play the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno. With me is Adam Cahill, also known as the other FF guy. What up, Adam? Boys are back in town and, you know, it's just the two of us. <laughs> we make it if we try. Yeah, man, this is old school vibes right here, man. No, Listen, the reason why it's old school vibes is because there's someone who's not here today, and that's Josh. Josh is mysteriously making up all every excuse in the book. He's he's pulling, I would say he's acting very DJ Moore like, very inconsistent, filled with excuses, just not producing. He's just not producing right now. So we uh, don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think he's producing. He's just out there producing that manscape. <laughs> yeah, he's producing. He's he's living that manscape life. It's oh man, it's just too coincidental, man. Sometimes, you know, coincidences, you just kind of brush them off. And sometimes you're like, nah, man, there's too much evidence here. So there's definitely something going on. The guy has acted weird in a good way for his own positive life style ever since he changed his life with Manscaped. I mean, last episode is pretty evident. Like this dude was, you know, it's like he was touched by God. Like his life changed the second that razor hit him. You know what I mean? Like he's like, yeah, I've never used this before. It's like I've been missing something my whole life. And then a whole new world, <laughs> and a now, new fantastic point of view. So we're hoping we'll see Adam. I mean, Adam Adams here. We're hoping we'll see Josh one day again on the show. Maybe next week. We'll see if he's got more excuses. Hit him up on Twitter, everybody. Let him know you missed him on the show. You know, Manscaped is amazing, but he's got to come back to work. Like he just can't be doing this kind of stuff. So uh, we'll welcome Josh back when he comes back. Until then, this is OG style. Adam Neal. Getting it cracking here, man. Let's talk about some football. Let's talk about some football. First thing we do here every single week, Adam, is take victory laps. 
You know, I, I know you get excited about the victory lap, so I always like you to go first. I don't know if you have somebody off the top of your head right now that you're, you know, you're you really excited about. I got something I'm really excited about. I'm going to give it up to Josh for a second since he's not here because this was DJ Moore's best week. Josh finally got it, you know, almost halfway into the season. But DJ Moore goes out there and shows up as the number one receiver on the Panthers offense puts up 25 PPR points, just has a huge game. So shout out to Josh, shout out to DJ Moore. That's even more conspiracy that he's not here on DJ Moore's biggest week. Like, you know, like you would think you would pull through for this week. I mean, he's probably off gallivanting around town again. This is what the kid likes to do. And now he's got reason to celebrate. So more power to you, Josh. But uh, yeah, getting over to the important stuff. What are the things that I said that were good? Um, so- So looking around the league, I mean, the the biggest hit for me on the week was probably Tyler Boyd. Uh, I I drafted a ton of Tyler Boyd this year. I definitely thought that he was going to be the primary receiver in the Bengals offense. And it's weird, man. They're still targeting A.J. Green more than any other player on that team, even though that dipped for a little bit. Now it's right back up again. But Boyd is, you know, making use of the targets that he's getting there and, and really thriving. And I think that that's huge. And shout out to Cole Beasley having another top 12 PPR week. Another My one. one most drafted player in best ball this year is totally coming through for me. And I'm freaking loving it. Speaking of which, if we're taking victory laps, I, you know, I don't like to count my eggs before they hatch. And this is definitely not doing that. But I was impressed and happy as hell. To see, I have a best ball team in the top 10 of the best ball championship over on drafters. I'm in sixth place right now, which is just crazy to me. I mean, there's a long way to go, um, but uh, but that that's super cool. Um, I, I actually have a bunch of teams in the top 100, which is wild. Uh, so I feel like I'm having a great year best ball-wise, which is awesome. And then uh, if we're taking victory laps, I tweeted about this a little bit, but... Uh, I had a crazy weekend sports betting, uh, hit two parlays on the UFC, followed that up with two parlays on the NFL slate on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, just it was, uh, it was a great weekend. It was a great weekend. I mean, also, shout out to um, Josh because he didn't think that um, Fells would have another big week in a row, right? And he didn't. So shout out to Josh for that, too. That was another, you know, worth mentioning, right? Darren Fells, we – we did. Can he do that again? We both said he could. Josh didn't say he think he could. So I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I got to show Josh some love, man. He's he's right so little that when he's right, I want to acknowledge it. Like you said, uh, to more important things, though, my victory laps. Yeah, what did Darren Fells do? Nothing. <laughs> that's, that's the exact problem. That's the exact problem here. Exactly zero, right? Yeah. <laughs> I fell think that's off. a big goose egg. Yeah, he fell off the map. Just out of nowhere. Who knew? But uh, victory laps for me. You know I'm throwing Josh Reynolds in the mix, baby. Did it again. We did it again. Josh Reynolds, man, that's two weeks in a row. Listen, he just put a couple more of these bad boys together, and some things might be coming to fruition, Adam. So I'm excited about Josh Adams. I'm excited. Temper. I got to temper it, though. I got to temper it. Can't get too crazy. That offense has been acting a little, you know, a little weird lately, and they got a lot of weapons there. So, I'm not going to get too excited yet, but I'm glad that he's showing it, Adam. I'm, I'm glad that he's flashing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, he's 
really one of those wide receivers who you've been on for a couple of years now. And a lot of people in the fantasy community were. I don't really know many of them that stayed. And uh, you've always <laughs> been talking him up. And it's kind of crazy that he seems like he's finally hitting that stride when this seemed to be the year that the majority of the you know fantasy community had written him off. Yeah, you know, they say you got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him. I think a lot of times I don't know when to fold him. I have a, you know, I trust people too much, man. I have too much faith in people and I'm, I'm, I'm a loyal guy. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, sometimes it pays off. And in uh, Josh Reynolds' case, it did, you know. So I'm going to definitely victory lab that. And then just a couple other quick ones. Fifth round running back, Antonio Gibson. You know he had to, you know, get a victory lab here. You draft him in the fifth round for days like this, Adam. It's for games like this, man. <laughs> you know, you, you see these coming. Uh-huh. And, You'd think uh, that you would stop bringing it up. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop. I mean, you know, dude, he's had some good weeks. I just, I'll never get over the fact that you drafted him that high. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of guys that were just drafted super, super late, who I got a ton in best ball. I mean, we've talked about it before. It was just a short window of time before the start of the year that it became evident that James Robinson was going to take over for the Jaguars. But I don't know anybody saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Such a crazy season from him. The number two player at, well, at the running back position in PPR leagues right now, just just phenomenal, man. He is, uh, he's really shocked me, and, uh, I mean, he's just been so dang consistent. It's, uh, it's really impressive. Yeah, it is. No, it definitely is impressive. And like you said, I don't remember anyone being necessarily, you know, super vocal about him. There may be some people who are fans, but maybe I didn't catch the article or whatever the case may be, but... Uh, vocally, you know, there wasn't a lot of people shouting his name. Um, so, so to wrap up victory laps, Darren Waller, again, even when the team gets blown out, the guy continues to just be a stud. Also, my lock of the week, but we'll get to that later. I don't want to, you know, jump ahead of myself here and, you know. Audible eye roll. <laughs> I, we never had an audible eye roll on here, man. So that's a first, Adam. That's a first. That's a first. Um Let's go. Let's talk about some players. Let's talk about some news. Let's talk about some injuries. Let's talk about some of the other stuff that are happening around the league before we jump into our regular scheduled segments. Antonio Brown is a buck. Was he a buck last week when we recorded the podcast, Adam? I don't give a buck. <laughs> I don't remember if he signed or not last week when we were doing when we did the recording. But as of right now, we haven't talked about him on the podcast. So he's a buck. This is not for week eight. It's for week nine is when his suspension ends. Potentially, Chris Godwin will be missing that week since he had finger surgery. We're not, it's not 100%, but it's, you know, probably likely. Um, so, AB may have a real opportunity, Adam, a real strong opportunity here. The first week he comes back playing with the GOAT. I mean, how, how, how do you feel, Adam? How do you feel about Antonio Brown right now, man? I mean, you got to feel good. He played one game with Tom Brady on the Patriots and had like a 15 plus point PPR week. Fantastic. Not only that, but so far in that offense, you have weeks like last week where both Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller were top 10 wide receivers. You know, Mike Evans in this time, but with all those factors going in, I mean, AB's going to have big weeks. It's pretty much inevitable. The thing I'm curious about is if he has that crazy level of skill where he takes over that offense somehow. I don't see it. But you can't say that it's not in the range of outcomes because he has shown at times in this league he can be the best player on the field. And uh, even though he has the most talent he's ever had around him at wide receiver, 
we don't know when he's going to come back. Like, I mean, I doubt it, but I, I'd be foolish to say it's not in the range of outcomes. Yeah, th- this is one of those really interesting situations because we've seen guys like Mike Evans and, and, and even Godwin at times be practically like, you know, do nothing in this offense some games, right? So, you know, and, and the coach mentioned it, like Arians mentioned it, like A.B. has to be, you know, not selfish. He has to be okay with not getting any targets in a game, get any work in a game. But like you said, he's so good. Is that really going to happen? You know what I mean? Like if he's the guy that we've been watching for the last however many years play football, is that really going to happen? I don't know, man. Like if he comes out, if Godwin doesn't play week nine and A.B. goes off and, you know, Tom Brady and him already have this kind of, you know, weird chemistry from a short period of time that they played together, like – he's that good. This offense is that good. The coaching is that good. The play calling is that good. Like this can get scary, man. This can get scary really quick. I don't, and I'm not going to be the guy who says like this negatively affects anybody. I don't, I don't, I never subscribe to that. Like this hurts my Evans. This hurts. No, man, listen, everyone is going to be good for everybody. Sure. Targets are going to go different places, but that look at Scotty Miller, right? Like no one was crying that Scotty Miller was killing Mike Evans, right? Like there's other targets. That's how every offense is. This offense clearly has no issue spreading the ball around. And so there should be weeks when AB goes fucking nuts. Like it should just happen. It should. Scotty Miller was a top 10 wide receiver last week. AB should have plenty of those. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean, man. I mean, I'm excited to see what this offense can do. I'm even more excited because I've been playing with the Bucks in Madden for the past couple <laughs> months and got real good. And AB is just going to make that offense that much more sick. And that's the reality on the field, too. I mean, they're literally going to be in a situation where on any down, there will be one of the best players in the NFL that cannot be double covered because they're going to have four of the best players in the NFL. And the other thing that you got to shout out, I mean, nobody's really talked about it. We haven't talked about it, but Rob Gronkowski, man, after a couple weeks back in the league, is starting to look like his old self again. And it's wild. But he is boxing guys out. He's using his body. He's making these contested catches. And he is really just showing, you know, those veteran skill sets that he has. So, man, this offense is going to be something. And I am super excited to see the playoffs this year. I mean, the NFC is going to be super interesting. I mean, we saw Seattle and Carolina battle it out. But when you take into account teams like Tampa Bay, like this is going to be wild. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know what episode we talked about it but we talked about rob gronkowski earlier i think maybe before the season started and you know i i I liked rob gronkowski coming into the year i was like you know he could be really good in this offense i actually had him in my tight end rankings at number six i'm at six adam so yeah dude yeah so i yeah so i felt i I felt really good i'm like so far this year yeah like a lot but you might get there at some point because it seems like it's on that trajectory. Yeah. I mean, I, right now he's averaged 8.9 PPR points a game. So right now he's kind of been a bust, but the trajectory that he's on is showing that maybe it only took a couple weeks for him to reacclimate to the league. And now he's getting there. Yeah. The I, biggest problem with anybody on this offense is going to be targets. So like at the end of the year, I won't be shocked if Rob Gronkowski finishes outside the top 12. That being said, he's probably going to have spike weeks like he had this past week when he was the second overall, you know, tight end. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to want pieces of this offense. 
it's just going to be inconsistent. Yeah, for sure. And, and finishing my thought with that, like I had him ranked that high because I felt really good about him coming in. And then the first couple of weeks, f- first few weeks, I was like, yo, this guy looks bad. Like he looks really bad. Like he just looked like he was long, it looked like me out there running routes. Like, he looked so slow and old. And I was like, oh man, this is terrible. Like I don't even like seeing him like this. And then like out of nowhere, he just like came to life. And I don't know if it's, you know, the team hitting this, you know, winning streak and they're starting to look really good and he's getting excited or if it's just getting his legs back under him. Obviously, you know, we were putting a lot on him if we thought he was going to be amazing straight out of the gate, right? I mean, he hadn't played football in a while, but oh, man, he, like you say, he just came to life. Like he went literally from looking like he had nothing left to like, oh, maybe he still is really good at this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, this offense is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's better than I thought it was when Tom Brady signed there. Like I was like, man, could it all really come together? Like just a lot of guys and they just kept putting pieces in there. And man, like Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, now AB, like it's, it's happening, man. It's happening. So this team is, you know, really good. Yeah. In the battle through seven weeks of, you know, who made the Patriots, Brady or Belichick, Brady's winning. It's looking really like a Brady. <laughs> Brady. It's like really heavily Brady right now. Um, and that's not to say, you know, Belichick won't write the, write the ship here, but it hasn't looked so pretty, man. It hasn't looked so pretty over there. So, yeah, definitely looks like Brady is a. Uh, a bigger factor than some wanted to give him credit because you know I don't I don't know if it's just Hayton or what. But there was a lot of people who said Brady is straight up a system quarterback. That's all this is. If he didn't land there in this perfect situation, it wouldn't have happened. It played out the way it did, and it's looking otherwise right now because a lot of people thought he was also done when he went to the Bucks and hasn't played out that way either. So sometimes you just don't bet against the the goats, man. It's just the way it goes. Um, moving on from AB, OBJ's out for the season, torn ACL. This sucks. Um, no matter how you, no matter what, whether you had the guy on your teams, no matter whether you felt good about him this year, no matter you felt bad about him, like this sucks. It's always terrible when a guy is out for the year because of something like this, an injury, they have to, you know, work his way back from now. And, I'm, and no doubt he will. He's an elite athlete and he's going to be focused and all that. But, uh, this sucks, Adam, as far as, um, the Browns go, is there any major, uh, you know, re- any major effect that this is going to have on somebody? Do you feel like a certain wide receiver is going to like become on the radar and, and is super relevant? Or do you feel like it just kind of next man up? Nothing really changes too much. No, I mean, it is next man up, but I, I definitely think Rashad Higgins has value, uh, especially with, you know, Jarvis Landry's voiced it. He is not, he's not in good shape. So I don't expect them to be giving him some crazy target share. I mean, they're going to need other options on that offense to step up. And Higgins seems like the guy who's set to do it. Circling back to Odell for a minute, because I can't let my boy not be talked about a little bit. Uh, When you take such a steadfast approach on a player that they're, like, not going to be successful, the last thing I personally want is for them to get injured. Um, I'd rather have seen it play out and known if my, you know, prediction was correct. So far this year, I mean, he had one huge week where he was the overall wide receiver one, and the rest of the year he's basically done nothing. So uh, I don't know if I feel vindicated or not, but uh, I don't know how you feel, but for me, like if I have a strong take on a player coming into a year, good or bad, the last thing I want is for them to get injured. Yeah, It just kind of ruins the fun of it. Kind of like what happened with Mac for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just Marlon Mack, first week of the year. That's just like, so harsh with how invested you were in that. Yeah, that's such a drainer, man. It was so draining just to see that play out that way for me for Max. I I understand what you're saying with, with OBJ. And man, I, I'll tell you what, I'm done with OBJ as a Brown. I'm done with it, man. I, I, Please. I'm done with it too. I've been trying to move him in Dynasty. I own him in one league. 
And, um, yeah, I've gotten turned down for, like, Will Fuller types, um, people in that range. So, he, uh, yeah, he's lost a lot of perceived value. Yeah, I would like to see him get a new start somewhere. And, I mean, obviously, I, I, I am the guy that would buy him cheap if someone's selling him cheap in some leagues. I would definitely get him on my team if I can. But, um, yeah, I, it's hard to sell him at this point, you know, unless, like you said, you get, you know, somebody who is buying the hype, you know, going forward and, you know, thinks that they're selling somebody who's worth it. But, yeah, sucks for OBJ. Um, we'll see Donovan Peoples Jones. There's a couple guys there who are interesting. Like you said, Higgins, um, you know, we'll see what kind of weeks they have. I know, you know, Peoples Jones had a touchdown last week, I think like 50 yards or something. So that's, a, you know, he's a rookie, but big guy, you know, so there's a chance that maybe that's a thing, but we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Um, other injuries just to run through some of these, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to list you a bunch of injuries, Adam. You just stop me when you feel like stopping me. Um, Mark Ingram still hasn't practiced. We don't care. I guess Dobbins, if anything, but. Or Gus Edwards, man, the unheralded guy. Uh, Crowder mispractice. That sucks. He's been uh, super underrated. Philip Lindsay still dealing with a concussion. Eh, that is what it is. Andy Dalton still hasn't been cleared to return. I feel like that's important, Adam. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know who the starting quarterback is going to be there. It doesn't seem like it's going to be Dalton this week. Um, I will be honest. I do not have it in front of me, and I don't remember the kid's name who started at, in it. In Dalton's absence last week, I think his last name starts with an H, but I got to be honest, I'm blanking. And you know what? I'm not going to look it up because I don't want him to start because I want Garrett Gilbert to start. Shout out to the AAF. Shout out to the Orlando Apollos. Man, it was so fun watching Gilbert just do amazing things in the AAF. And I really would love to see the Cowboys give him a chance. I mean, I think there's something to be said for in any level of competition to be able to come out on game day and just consistently be uh, productive. And, and he was that. So, I mean, that would be the guy that I'm pushing for there. But, uh, but yeah, Dalton doesn't look like he's playing this week. I was kind of hoping you would name the guy. It's Ben DiNucci. I'm hoping I'm saying the name right. <laughs> Cause you know, these names are, you know, not my favorite thing to do when I don't, when I'm not totally clear on it, but, uh, and I wasn't even close. I thought it started with an H or something. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. It's Ben DiNucci, but, uh, hopefully it's not Ben Dushi this week, but if it is, it is, man. I don't know. That, that's a that sucks for everybody. That's going to be the biggest question of the week. If that is like, do I start the Cowboys wide receivers? So, um, yes, that'll be something that I don't want to get into deep right now, but we'll keep an eye on it, and it could be something that's definitely a big question. You know, when Sunday comes around, um, other injuries. Demonte Freeman may miss this week. He killed me in, in Scott Fishbowl. I was a uh, you know, I had some trust for the guy, and he, he let me down big time. An injury, it is what it is. Um, big Jay- opportunity for Swift, though. I mean, increased touches. It, I mean, I think it's a huge opportunity for him to be able to kind of seize um, more of that more of that backfield. For who? For Swift. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Devonta Freeman, man. He's a giant. I did this last time too. Why do you keep doing what, this? What is that? What what is that about Deonta Freeman that makes <laughs> Deonta Freeman makes me think that he is on the Lions? I have no I clue. I think it's just Adrian Peterson. I think it's just old veteran running. Yeah, back. you're mixing them up. It's like, oh, they're always on the Lions. <laughs> but it will, but it will give Wayne Gallman a chance. Man, it definitely gives Wayne Gallman a chance. He looks- <laughs> good in the short amount of time that he played yeah he's no deandre Um, swift but yeah so uh my apologies for being completely off but i mean the important thing is about the opportunity there and uh wayne goldman did look good in uh freeman's absence so 
Yeah, that uh, that actually is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's... I can't believe I keep doing that. That's very weird. It is weird. It's very strange. It's very, but I mean, it's more it's more acceptable if you're mixing Devonta Freeman with AP, age, old running backs, new teams. I get that. But when you put DeAndre Swift and Goldman, you get a little disrespectful at him. So, <laughs> so let's, uh, no, let's no disrespect. Let's focus, man. Let's focus. Uh, Jalen Rager is hopefully going to be cleared to play. We've been waiting for this rookie to get back, man. Um, if he does, I'm only mentioning this because of you know the wide receivers that are there in Philly that are you know Fulham and all those guys that you know are producing while these guys have been out. This will obviously put a, a dent in that, and I know everyone's excited about Fulham and stuff, Fulham and stuff, but still. You know, if Rager comes back, it's definitely affecting your love for that guy. Um, yeah, I definitely think that Fulgham is a lot like uh, Chase Claypool, and Jalen Rager would be the Deontay Johnson in yes. that situation. Yes. Coming back, getting the majority of targets again, and, like, you'll still have splash tweaks. You'll still have big plays, but, uh, but the majority of the targets are going to shift. I have to say, man, I was not a big Chase Claypool guy coming into the year. I haven't – I didn't draft him anywhere. I didn't try to target him anywhere. I wasn't, you know, amping the guy up anywhere. And I'm not going to lie, man. He's he's impressed me, you know, from a production standpoint, from stats and everything. But I like Chase Claypool, the person. I like the person, man. I like the, I mean, you've seen the little, I don't know if you've seen the TikTok video he did for the person with the, with oh, the father. Yeah. With no, the no, exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, that video. I like him in the game when he's doing little childish antics, like doing the first down thing on uh, the cornerback's head as he's trying to, you know. <laughs> I like that shit. I like that. People are yeah. like, so childish. I, I like it, man. I fucking like well, it. Well, that's so funny because to me, that's all the stuff that I like about Juju. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that's more gimmick than anything. I think you really love Juju. Juju who? I think said, like, I mean, that whole team is so fun, and the fact that they're undefeated is just so it man, it's so underrated. I feel like it's still going underlooked for now. On Juju for me is hoo hoo. I don't know that man. Let, 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 let him show back up on the, on the stat line, the stat sheet, and I'll know who he is. Um, what else we got here? Allen Robinson concussion at him. It's your boy, it's your boy, Allen Robinson. Uh, Dalvin Cook is back. I know you were hating on Alan, you know Madison over Alexander Madison over yeah. there. Uh huh. Because it's not just any handcuff. Sometimes you get lucky <laughs> with Matt Davis, and then sometimes you get an Alexander Madison, and they don't produce at all. So I'm stoked. I mean, I own a bunch of Dalvin Cook. Me too. Me too. So it's very important for me. CMC might be back. Again. Even more important. Gosh, and they play on Thursdays. So there's definitely a chance that he might not be back, but uh. If he is, I mean, yeah. that, that's huge for all the owners who have lost him for half the season so far. Yeah, we'll talk a little more about that in a second. The entire Saints wide receiver depth chart is injured. At this point, <laughs> I don't know what's happening in New Orleans. I have no clue. But uh, everyone from the, you know, potentially best wide receiver in football all the way down to Emmanuel Sanders and the rookies and everybody is hurt. Um, again, this is a keep your eyes on it kind of thing. You know, just keep adjusting. I had to keep taking, you know, uh, I had to keep taking Michael Thomas out of my lineup every single Sunday. So that sucks. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. And the last one here, Tyler Higby still has a hand injury. Just hasn't had the kind of season he had last year, Adam. Hopefully, you know, gets his hand right, comes back, but he might not play. Hand injuries are weird like that. You know, you got to kind of catch the football. So it's a big deal. Um, that's it for the injuries. I don't want to spend too much more time on them. So let's just jump over to trust issues, which we will kind of talk about injured players. Mike Davis is flex worthy if 
McCaffrey suits up tomorrow, today, tomorrow, yesterday, whenever you're listening. Mike Thursday. Davis is flex-worthy. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> yes, if McCaffrey suits up Thursday. Adam, trust or trust issues? I got trust issues. Nah, I know this guy, I mean, this guy. Just me being on brand here, but for me, if McCaffrey is playing, Mike Davis just loses that oomph. I mean, this is a great matchup. I can see why you'd want it. The Falcons have just been a sieve on defense. Yeah, I mean, it's more shtick than anything. I think that this is probably the last week you can trust Mike Davis. I'm flipping. It's a trust, <laughs> but this is the last week. It's the last week you guys get, and then, and then he's done. Then he's to the garbage can, all right? Damn right it's a trust. I was about to annihilate you for this, young man. Listen, I mean, it's, it's trust. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Here you go but again. Nah, Here you go you, again. You got him for the last week because, I mean, there's a chance that they still sit McCaffrey. There's a chance they limit his touches. Like, you don't know. So Mike Davis still has value for, you know, one more week. Yes. Trust him, folks. Trust him. Next one with Kenyon Drake out, another injury. Chase Edmonds finishes as a top 10 running back in PPR this week. Trust or trust issues, Adam? I, I, I really think this is a trust. I mean, I think this has opened up a huge opportunity for Chase Edmonds. Here's something crazy, guys. With Kenyon Drake, in the past four weeks, so from weeks four to seven, Chase Edmonds is the running back 11. Mm-hmm. I mean – he is already this. This is just going to give him more touches. That offense is firing on all cylinders. I'm really upset with myself for not being even more vocal about the Cardinals coming into this year because I was so vocal coming into last year with Kyler, with you know this offense and the air raid, and then being able to you know execute. And it just didn't really come together. And coming into this year, I was excited for it, but I just wasn't vocal about it. And I miss, I, I really missed an opportunity because this is such an exciting team. I mean, to see what they did against the Seahawks on Sunday night, that was such a wild comeback. And I just think that they're poised to be scoring a ton of points, and you want the running back in that backfield. And Chase Edmonds is really in an awesome opportunity. He is. He definitely is. And I, this is definitely a trust for me. I mean, last week he was a top five PPR running back in scoring. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely an, e- this is an easy trust for me. It's kind of weird. When you look at scoring for last week uh, in PPR, check out the top ten running backs. Jeff Wilson Jr., James Robinson, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Chase Edmonds, Jamal Williams, Giovanni Bernard, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Gibson, and Boston Scott. Zero running back say what? Say what, bro? Alvin Kamara is the only guy even close to and ADP you guys here. Why I'm destroying in best ball this year. Like it, it's the year of zero running back. Everybody wanted to act like it wasn't. But man, when you hear that list, it's, and and dude, the thing is, is you stopped at 10, 11, Carlos Hyde, 12, Wayne Gallman. I mean, yeah. you just you're getting all these guys who you could get literally in the last round of your drafts, and we're only seven weeks into the season, and they're producing as running back ones. Yeah, I mean, there's splash weeks, but this is why, especially in best ball, that is such a viable strategy. And even if you're not drafting zero running back, just targeting these guys late, drafting a lot of running backs on your roster, 
Like these are the reasons why. It's because these guys, when they, you know, get the opportunity, be it because of injury or, you know, potentially other reasons, it, it's such a volume hog and it can just, you know, give you huge fantasy production. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely an interesting thing to look at and it matters and it is real. Um, the next one we have here, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper are still must-start options regardless of the QB. We talked about Andy Dalton being out. We didn't get too crazy in depth. We just kind of talked about the guy's last name. But this is why we didn't talk too much at that point because we have this coming up. So CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, still must-start options. It's funny because I actually have one listener question that I promised I would do on, on the show today, and it actually involves Amari Cooper as well. So um, this is, a, this is a, a really foggy situation because, again, Andy Dalton has not been said he's not playing yet, but it, we're assuming he's not going to be cleared. Um, and if not, this obviously makes this a really odd situation. Um, so CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, must start options regardless of the QB. Trust or trust issues, Adam? I got trust issues. It is regarding the QB. That's like I said before. It's got to be the Gary Gilbert show. Or if Andy <laughs> Dalton comes to. Because, I mean, even with Andy Dalton, not last week, the week prior, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper were still awesome fantasy options. I mean, they weren't putting up huge weeks, but like they did not disappoint in any way. Um, but for me, from what I saw out of this uh, kid who, I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember your name. I'm just not going to do it. I'm so you know, rude. Give me another so week rude. to start, but I don't, I don't think I need to remember it because it's the Garrett Gilbert show. Let's get him in there. Yes. Give him an opportunity. I saw what he did in the AAF. I want him to be something in the NFL. And I think this is such a cool opportunity. I mean, they got like half the season to go. That division is up for grabs. This is what stars are made of. Give him the opportunity. I want to see it. Yeah, problems, man. I don't know how you could forget a guy who had two passes completed, three sacks. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You got to Ben DiNucci. Put some respect on his name, man. Ben DiNucci. <sighs> Benenucci is what it is, man. This is a major trust issue because if Benenucci is throwing these guys the ball, I'm terrified. Uh, so, <laughs> listen. Well, from what I heard from what you just said, he doesn't throw them the ball. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, this team is just—it's in a weird way, man. It's in a weird way. If Dak Prescott was here, we're telling a diff- totally different story. If Andy Dalton was healthy, we're not concerned really. Benenucci, Gilbert, whoever else you're throwing out here, listen. Just trade for Fitzpatrick already, man. Come on. Let's make this happen. It'd be a beautiful thing. It'd be a beautiful thing. Let's get him out there. He doesn't get hurt. He's amazing. But yeah, this is a major trust issue, I'm telling you. Uh, man, I hope Andy Dalton plays. I really do. Uh, for the sake of everybody. Um, last one here for trust issues. With his come-from-behind upset win over the Seahawks, Kyler Murray is the new favorite for MVP. Obviously, there's been some, I guess you could say, you know, let I don't want to say letdowns because it's kind of hard to call some of these quarterbacks a letdown, but you know, they kind of underperformed a little bit from expectations because they've created such high expectations for us. So, um, Kyler Murray did not do that though, he is soaring out here. So, trust or trust issues on him being the favorite for MVP, Adam? I mean, I'm gonna say it's trust issues, but barely. From what he showed me on Sunday night when the Cardinals went out and beat the Seahawks in a come-from-behind victory in prime time like that, that showed me that, like, they're in the position where they could win the NFC. Not saying they will, but, like, they can. And I think really that's all you need in order to win MVP, is you need them to believe that your team could win the Super Bowl or could make the Super Bowl, I should say, and that you're the best player on that team, which often just means you're the quarterback. 
So for me, Kyler's definitely in the conversation. Um, I don't even know if he overtakes Russ just yet, but I mean, it's interesting. It's at least interesting between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, on every odd site, Russell Wilson is still by far the favorite. Currently, Kyler Murray is 16 to 1. Uh, currently, fifth. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady all have better odds uh, than he does. And personally, I think Tom Brady is the only one. And that might sound crazy because it's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but Tom Brady is really the one that scares me because I think if he gets Antonio Brown, there's a chance he might win MVP just on the off chance that like they string together a ton of wins. People are really focused on that team. And it's Tom Brady, they move teams, and it's more popularity contest than anything, and he wins MVP. I can see that narrative play out. Um, Patrick Mahomes seems like the one that everybody should always be afraid of, but he seems like he's going so under-talked about this year. Um, so, I don't know. There's definitely other people in the conversation, but Murray is definitely in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. He definitely is. And, you know, Russell Wilson's probably the favorite. Just, I mean, first of all, Russell Wilson's like this guy that everyone just loves. Um, as a human, so it's easy to you know love the guy and want the guy to win stuff. He's played one less game than Murray, but he's you know the next guy behind him as far as you know total points. He's averaging more than him, um, and he's really the only guy competitively. I would say stat wise, probably right there on top of him. Um, then it's like Mahomes, Josh Allen, but but I was saying like even guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, super disappointing compared to what we were expecting. And again, they put the bar so high, so it makes it even worse than it you know it is. But um, you know, it's not great for him right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like, like you said, I, this is trust issues because I think, you know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, just are fan favorites for this kind of stuff. Um, but Kyler Murray is definitely deserving of it. Uh, whether he, I don't think he's the favorite though yet. Um, it's going to take a little more, I believe to gain that position, but he, everyone's definitely taking notice for sure. And they know what's up. Um, all right, let's move over to the not so obvious lock of the week where your boy is the winner, Adam. I won. I won, man. It is what it is. I have two victories. Josh has two victories. He's not even showing up to the podcast anymore. You have one victory. I would like to believe without Josh here, your odds have now increased that you could join the two-win club. But as of right now, week seven, I took it with Boston Scott. You had Justin Jackson. Josh had McKissick. All three guys. Honestly, no one played terrible. Like, if you had any of these guys in your lineup, you weren't, like, super depressed about it. You didn't feel like they lost the season, the game for you or whatever. But Boston Scott clearly, uh, you know, was better than your guys. What a surprise. So, with that being said, since I did win, I will go first. I don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. I'm no threat of taking the player that you were going to take. Uh, this week for week eight, I'm going with a guy who I feel like, enough with the disrespect. Nelson Aguilar is my week eight. Not so obvious lock of the week. You know what's up, Adam. Oh, man, wasn't obvious. That's that's for sure. I mean, it should have been obvious because it's a Raider, and Raiders should always be obvious with you. But, uh, no, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I really thought you were going Jarek McKinnon, so that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you – I mean, Aguilar, like, really? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right, man, if you want to if you wanna hitch your horse to that wagon, you uh, you'd be my guest. Uh, did you – by chance, get a lock of the week from Josh, or are we just uh, abandoning him until we uh, update everybody on the Twitter? Later? Yeah, I did not get one from him because he's been he's been hit or miss, man. He's been hit or miss right now. He's out in these streets, running around Oklahoma City, and uh, I didn't get one from him. He's been hard. He's been hard to get a hold of today. 
So I will get one from him, and it will hit Twitter. It will be updated as soon as we find out. Uh, so he has a fair opportunity here. But for right now, because he didn't show up, you miss your opportunity. So you can take your player. Well, I wasn't stalling or anything, that's for sure. You definitely were. It's okay, because we talked about him a little bit earlier in the podcast, and although I might not know who plays on the team with him, (laughs) I at least know that in the Giants' backfield, Wayne Gallman was a force last week. And I think that with him getting the touch opportunity there, he's one of those guys that he's been waiting around for this opportunity. So I think he's going to seize it. And for me, I I, th- I think that he's a good lock this week. I mean, this is the type of player that you want to be identifying in fantasy. Uh, you know, he's out there on waiver wires, potentially. He's somebody that you might be able to pick up and play just immediately. And, uh, that I mean, that's what I like for lock of the week. In those, you know, not-so-deep leagues, those more shallow, casual leagues, guys that are out there and available who I think you can pick up and insert in your lineup and still get, you know, 12 to 15 PPR points from. So, you know, I uh, I do like his opportunity. All right. He's playing the Bucks, So uh, if Tom Brady gets up on him early, <laughs> Wayne Gallman won't be seeing much play out there. But uh, I, I respect I respect the move, man. I respect the move. I think I, think I took the safer player here. How about that? I think I took the safer player. Um, uh, I don't because Wayne Goldman caught five passes last week. So even if they're down, he's still going to get opportunity. This guy, man. Versatile, man. That's what you want. Haskins your running backs. That's your favorite thing, Neil. Listen, man. At this point, I mean, Aguilar is doing so good. I don't even know if it's fair putting him in the nuts. Aguilar. <laughs> I mean, you can't say his name without me seeing that gif, that video. <laughs> Yeah, he's a top 35 wide receiver this year. I don't know what to tell you, man. He's out here balling. He's no Cole Beasley. He's out here balling as standard. <laughs> nah, he's he's doing pretty good, man. So don't hate on it. We'll see. We'll see who Josh picks, and uh, we'll hit this to the Twitter streets and see what they, how they feel about it. But that's our not-so-obvious locks of the week, minus Josh's, which we'll get to you when it, when we get it. When we get it. I did have one listener question that I told you about. Um, a gentleman named Jeremy hit me up on my DMs today, um, You know, saying he loves the show. You know, he's been he's, he's been listening. He's a huge fan of it. So shout out to Jeremy just for that, you know, for the love. We appreciate it, man. We always love hearing from everybody. Um, but Jeremy said he had a question. And I said, you know what? Rather than answer this in the DM and, you know, limit that information to the to the beautiful people of the world. Why not take this to the show and um, and have a little discussion about it? So here's the question, Adam. He traded and this would have been great if Josh was here. He traded DJ Moore. I like it already. For Amari Cooper. Now, this is standard scoring. So you can answer it in EPR. He he assumed. Yeah, I'm assuming so, but he actually didn't uh, tell me that. I didn't didn't ask. He did give me a little more context. He said his record is five and two in this league right now, and that uh, his other wide receivers are Ridley, Adams, so he's stacked, um, Parker, and Slayton. And he felt that he was selling high on DJ Moore, getting rid of him now. You know, at the he feels like Cooper's the better receiver, so he got rid of more at his at his peak. He feels and trade him for Cooper. You know, I don't usually typically trade same position for same position straight up that often, um, unless I obviously feel way better about the player that I'm getting. So in his case, he felt way better about Cooper than Moore. I'm curious, Adam, how do you feel about just that concept of DJ Moore for Amari Cooper, rest of season? Not great. Um, I mean. 
to be fair, Amari Cooper has held up through this quarterback catastrophe there, but it's, I mean, it's a long way to go in this season still. And the last thing I want is a guy who's going to be catching passes from Andy Dalton or, or worse. That being said, I love Garrett Gilbert. So there's always that opportunity that, you know, he comes in and he becomes the next great thing in the NFL. You know, he's the Gardner Minshew of this year and we see Amari Cooper do fantastic things. But I think that DJ Moore has, at least shown us with and without Teddy Bridgewater that he can be a consistent wide receiver. He runs a large route tree, so he's very versatile. There's a lot of different ways that they can use him. And even though I do think Robbie Anderson is probably the primary wide receiver from here on out there, I think that's an offense that can support two top 24 wide receivers. The way that they're running their passing game I wasn't a fan of it coming into the year, but you got to give respect where it's due. And they've really shown a lot. And I think that, you know, what we're going to see from DJ Moore is, is some pretty consistent productions. So for me, because of the inconsistency at quarterback and the uncertainty, I'm probably going to say I want DJ Moore. But, uh, you know, I think Amari Cooper does have more upside if, uh, if Gilbert comes in and hits or if Dalton, you know, comes back and is consistent. I think that there is that potential um but I, I probably want the security and more yeah no i hear that again shout out to jeremy or i want to say it's artakis a-r-e-t-a-k-i-s at jeremy artakis um thank you for the question again my my take on this really quick is that number one his his, his wide receivers are really good so and he's doing well already so this probably isn't going to be you know anything that kills his team one way or the other um but it's interesting because he's in he said he, he you know he pointed out that it's standard which you know, I'm not a fan of standard leagues, obviously. Um, but in this situation, in standard, DJ Moore has actually outscored Amari Cooper, um, hmm. which changes, you know, the dynamic of it. Because in PPR, Amari Cooper has, you know, I want to say it's at least 20 something points more than, you know, DJ Moore at this point. Um, so it's it's actually a, you know, that is actually a big point in this right now. Um, so it's probably a lot closer than he thinks it is as far as if the thing is for me, this is, this is what it is. If he loves Amari Cooper over DJ Moore, then just fucking do it. Like whatever. Like at this point, that's who you like more as who you feel is better. You're, you know, you're pretty safe at wide receiver and just, you know, get the guys you love. If you feel like DJ Moore is not that great and he had his best week ever and it's not getting to get any better and it's going to go down from here. That's fine. Obviously the concern here, the risk he took and the reason this person probably did the trade was because of the quarterback situation that we just got finished mentioning, you know, um, if it was Dak, this person probably wouldn't have done this trade ever. Um, but with Andy Dalton and or <laughs> Danucci or Gil or Garrett Gilbert or whatever, uh, this makes it. A, you can't screw up his name. No, 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 no. Yes. Only one of the quarterbacks no. in that backfield can have their name screwed up. Not, no. not Garrett Gilbert. No, don't you dare. No, I'm gonna do it. So yeah, I mean, Jeremy, I don't think the trade's gonna kill you one way or the other. Um, I also don't think it's gonna, you know, dramatically improve your team in any way, shape, or form. You're doing well already. It sounds like your team is, you know, pretty, pretty well drafted here. Um, so I don't think it's gonna kill you either way. But uh, obviously, Adam, you know, I'm not an Amari Cooper fan ever since he left the Raiders. Um, says it had you know didn't 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 leave with the best uh you know best energy over there it wasn't it wasn't so uh consistent as i would have liked uh, and he tore it up when he went to dallas so one of those situations but either way i think both these guys will end the season probably pretty close to each other um and what who, the, the question really comes down to whose better games are ahead of them and with the quarterback concern in dallas you know that's probably the the bigger risk is amari so Jeremy, hopefully it works out for you, man. We appreciate you listening to the show. We're, you know, we're happy, you know, that you're a huge fan of it. It means a lot to us, 
And we, we hope the trade works out for you, man. We hope it works out for you. I definitely uh, think that either way you didn't hurt or help yourself too much. Either way, I don't think it's going to end up too bad. Um, all right. That's the only question I wanted to get to. Yeah, I promised him I would get him out, get him out there. So at Jeremy Artakis. All right. Let's move over to can he do that again? My favorite segment of the show now. Can he do it again? Adam, the first one I have here for you. Baker Mayfield finished last week as a top six quarterback in scoring. Can he do that again? This week they're going up against the Raiders. I, I do think so. I actually think that will be a pretty high scoring Watch game. Watch your mouth. I'm curious to see what the total is in that game. I mean, actually, you know, that's somewhat a compliment to the Raiders. I mean, their defense is definitely not something that uh, leaves a lot to be desired, but their offense keeps up in these high scoring games. So, you know, if you're somebody who bets totals, I'm not sure what the over-under is on that right now. I could probably tell you in a second. But uh, I, I think that that's going to be an interesting game to uh, potentially go over. And for fantasy, you know, re- re- result in a lot of fantasy points. Who do you think is going to win that game, Adam? Yeah, you don't want me to answer that. <laughs> of course you're going to say the Raiders, so I'm not going to make you answer, of course. Um, Are they even the favorite? Do you think they're the favorite? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. The Raiders are favorite to nobody but Raider fans. That's that's accurate. <laughs> and for the record, I don't think he could do this again because he's playing the Raiders. And of course, they're going to stop him from doing that again because the defense is going to wake up this week for some reason. Um, while you're looking that up, Adam, we have another we have a, a player here on can he do that again that you are just not a fan of, man. But I had to put this one in here again. I ah, this is an episode for Josh, man. It sucks that he's not here, but. Um, Leonard Fournette outscored Ronald Jones last week in PPR. Can he do that again? Yeah, he can do it again. And it sucks, but, you know, hats off to Tampa Bay for recognizing the truth, which is we all knew Ronald Jones can't catch passes. So if uh, if Tom Brady wants somebody back there who can, Leonard Fournette can. And uh, really, whoever gets the touches in that backfield is is going to be productive. So if uh, if it ends up being Leonard Fournette, that sucks, but uh, but I get it. I mean, I think I think Ronald Jones is the better runner, and I think that he's still going to get the between the tackles touches. But in any Tom Brady offense, I think you're almost always going to want the guy who catches passes on a weekly basis. As far as those boom weeks, though, you want that running back that's going to score the touchdowns, and I think that's still going to be Ronald Jones. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely definitely cause for concern. Let me ask you this. Last week, you were in love with Ronald Jones. You were. Yeah, you know, I was. Parading him. It might have been a little cocky. It might have been a little bit to get a Josh, you know? Might have been one of those. It's one of those uh, situations. You know, that being said, uh, I was legitimately surprised. Like, I expected them to use Fournette on passing downs just because we know what Ronald Jones is. Like, he's a one-two thumper. That's, That's what he is. But uh, I didn't expect Leonard Fournette to play as much as he did, especially in the first week back. So uh, I definitely think it's uh, a cause for concern. But I think game script's going to play a ton into that. Being said, that game script should have been perfect. It was like a blowout of sorts, wasn't it? Neil? Yeah. The funny thing is that that thing that you mentioned there about Josh is like rivaling Josh on this show is a real thing. So listeners have to understand that. Like, put take that into consideration when. Adams out here parading Ronald Jones all around, you know, telling us he's the next great top 10 running back here this year. 
Uh, I mean, come on. They, he had three straight 100-yard weeks. They were giving him all of the touches, but that's because they had to be giving him all of the touches. I just didn't realize that aspect. <laughs> all right, let's move on to a fifth-round running back. Antonio Gibson rushed for over 100 yards in Week 7. Can he do that again, Adam? Yeah, dude, he can do that again. He just wasn't a fifth-round pick. Like it's, We've been talking about this all year. But, yeah, I like Antonio Gibson. I like him a lot, and I think that – the more they give him touches there, the better that offense is going to be. I mean, to be fair, last week, best possible matchup they're going to get all year probably. But uh, moving forward, I, if he gets the touches there, he's probably going to fall into like running back two range. He had 20 attempts. He went for 128 yards. He had a 40-yard rush. He had a touchdown. He never had more than 13 rushing, 13 rushing attempts any other game that year, this year so far. So, of course, the Cowboys, it, it, that matters, the fact that they played the Cowboys. Um, it matters the way the game was being scored, um, how it all unraveled. Um, so all, all of that matters. Funny enough, he had one target, no receptions. Yeah. I mean, the more they work him in the passing game, the better that team's going to be. Yeah. So what they're showing us, though, is that they'll give him volume. And, you know, this is what we see from rookies a lot is – the more the year goes on, the more in which they're going to be utilized. And I think for guys like him, it, it's it's going to be wheels up. Yeah, eventually it's all going to click here. Because if you look at his stats, one week he has some rushing yards and a touchdown, no receptions. And he has a lot of receptions, 80-something yards, not a lot of rushing yards. And it kind of keeps flipping back. Now he went crazy heavy rushing yards, no, no receptions. So at some point this is going to come a little – a little more of a median on both ends. You know, he might catch a few passes, might rush for 100 yards, get a touchdown somewhere in there. And it'll all come together. It'll make a lot of sense. And he'll be worth that fifth round value, man. Uh, Antonio Gibson, man, only going to get better. Only going to get better. Uh, Nelson Aguilar scored a touchdown for his third consecutive week, Adam. Can he do that again? No. <laughs> oh, come on. Against the Browns? I mean, probably not. You, you know, such just a hater. statistically, it's difficult to catch passes for touchdowns in that many straight games. So. That just shows you how good yeah. he is, right? No, it shows me that Derek Carr just throws to anybody, <laughs> which I guess is a good thing. It's not really an indictment. I don't know. Folks, we just got done talking about Fournette and, and Ronald Jones. That's exactly <sighs> what he's doing right now. Same exact thing. He'll be changing his tune next. We can go, oh, I guess Aguilar does catch the ball a lot. It's bull crap. Nah. He had nine targets Where, last what week. What happened to Hunter Renfro, huh, Honeyl? That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. okay. He has his catches. There, and Neil's just going to pivot to whoever it is. And think he that he the has his moments. Goal. And I predicted it because they were. I didn't say I predicted it. I did not say I predicted it. I did not say that, Adam. Don't try, that to, don't try to you change your that. tune. Listen, <laughs> last week, Renfro had four receptions for 40-something yards. All it would have took was a touchdown for you to be happy about it. So don't start that shit, man. Yeah, but Aguilar is too busy scoring all the touchdowns. What I should have did actually was Hunter Renfro has two weeks in a row with 42 receiving yards. Can he do it again? That should be on the list uh, because he seems to be creating some kind of pattern going on here, which is interesting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for can he do it again? Yeah, that's actually super interesting because the number 42 has a lot of uh, symbolism. Oh, so that's actually really ironic. Conspiracy Adam. Well, no, it's not even conspiracy, but just like in popular culture, uh, it's uh, the uh, Hitchhiker Guide uh, Guide to the Galaxy. It's referenced in that. Uh, it's referenced in Lost. It's, it's the television so Lost. Like it, it, it's referenced in popular culture. It is. It is, Adam. You're so 
You're so smart. Such a pop Thank culture you. wizard. That's really all I did that for. And actually, I think that it was an omen, because if you look at the show sheet, you <laughs> wrote under not-so-obvious lock of the week, Justin Jackson lost. But you wrote lost in all capitals, which is exactly how the television show stylized. Oh, man. You really put it together this week. This is what we get when there's no Josh. You're not arguing with this guy and fighting with him so we get the pop culture, you know, stuff, conspiracy theory stuff that you're you're just pulling out of your hat here, man. Trying. You're a versatile guy. That's why you're here every week. All right. Let's move over to foul or no foul. Khabib won the last fight of his career because he really will stay retired. Foul or no foul, Adam? I'm going to say no foul. It it uh, it hurts as a fan, man. It hurts. Uh, and for I'm going to talk about this for a minute because because to me, I've been watching the UFC for about a decade now, um, and Khabib was like he's the first fighter that you ever watched that you just thought like this guy is like unbeatable in even a moment like i don't think i watched a khabib fight where he seemed to have even the momentum shift a little bit if that makes sense like john jones has never lost a fight regardless of what his record says there's a disqualification all that bullshit regardless of what you think for steroid use or peds or any of that other shit just what he's done in the ring he's never lost a fight but you cannot say that John Jones hadn't faced adversity. I mean, in the Alexander Gustafson fight, in the Dominic Reyes fight, like he has had fights where he has faced adversity. Khabib was unique in the sense that you never saw him face adversity. And to be fair, that's something that I am so disappointed I don't get to see last longer. Because what really defines greatness in sports, in my opinion, especially in fighting, whether that be boxing or mixed martial arts, it's longevity. And the fact that he doesn't have that, I'm worried that against the test of time, he's not going to stand up in the same way that a lot of other people might. Um, but as far as how this reflects for the UFC, man, it uh, it's kind of the weirdest blessing in disguise because... Khabib was not going to lose. And now you have like four or five guys at the top of that division that are all super exciting and all have a chance to hold the title. Most importantly being Conor McGregor, who already has a match schedule for January against Dustin Poirier, who is probably the best fighter in that division outside of Justin Gagey. And these guys are going to be going against each other. And it's almost indefinitely going to end up being for this title it seems almost serendipitous in a lot of ways. Um, it's like best case scenario for Connor, which is so ironic, but you know, that just goes to show why for Khabib, this isn't about anything other than family and about legacy. And for him, his legacy is made and it's time for him to be with his family and hats off to him. I wish him the best. And, uh, I'd love to see him fight again, but I really don't expect it. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, he lost his father recently and his father used to corner him and obviously was a big part of his fighting career. And so he, you know, promised his mother he wouldn't do this anymore without his father by his side. So, you know, to honor that and to honor his promise to his mother, 
you know, he, he said he retired and he won't be back. So, you know, these kind of things, you obviously he's emotional and obviously he's going through a lot. And so that can obviously change. But as of right now, yeah, man, I think it's a, a no foul for sure. And, and like you said, man, the thing with him and like if you compare him to John Jones and stuff. Yeah. John Jones, man, has never looked as dominant as him recently. I mean, like even even Diago Santos, like I know he got all injured and everything in that fight. But like if he didn't get injured in that fight, he was a serious threat to John Jones in that fight. So, 100%. So, yeah. That so. being said, I mean, to give John respect where it's due, these are like his 13th and 14th fights yeah. as a title holder. That's the thing that Khabib will never be able to say. I mean, Demetrius Johnson's the only other guy that really has shown that level over time just of consistency. And I think that that's the thing for John that still stands out. But the second you bring in the PED talk, the GOAT conversation shifts right back to Khabib. I mean, there's definitely an argument, but man, I just, I'm so disappointed we didn't get to see him for longer because he just seems so unbeatable. And that's the thing about mixed martial arts to me that's so fascinating is there's so many different ways to beat someone that the idea of someone being unbeatable, it's just like, for how long? Right. How long until someone cracks that code? And for me, that's one of the most enticing things about the sport. So to know that we're not going to see that uh, is pretty disappointing. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, man. Like, like you said, I mean, I mean, he, he obviously is a man of honor, so it's probably you know likely that he's done it for sure. But hey, great career either way, um, and you know something we will never forget—a great career for sure. And this made his mark, legend, Hall of Famer, however you want to label him. Um, shout out to Khabib and everything he accomplished. First guy to ever jump out of the ring and attack someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. All right. Uh, Dodgers won the World Series, Adam, but their third baseman, Justin Turner, should be punished for violating league rules by re-entering the field to celebrate the championship after being diagnosed with COVID. Foul or no foul? Man, you're trying to get me canceled. Trying to. I'm trying my best. I, I brought this up in the chat earlier. I'm not going to do the follow or no follow on it because in all honesty, the second, you know, you have COVID, like you have to handle that situation differently than he did <laughs> flat out. That's pretty simple. That being said, the idea that they tell someone in the middle of a game that they have COVID is insane for so many reasons. One, he's already been exposed to every single person on that field. Two, they somehow knew in the middle of the game something that they didn't know at any other time prior to that. Like, it just seems so weirdly coincidental to me. Like, especially in the World Series. Like, this doesn't happen at any other time throughout the entire season. You don't have somebody test positive while a game's going on and inform them during the game. But somehow during the World Series, when the most eyes are watching, you have this confluence of events. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Sure. Whatever. I don't care what people call me. That shit just seems way too coincidental. It seems really weird, really fishy to me. That being said, the second that you know you have COVID, like just handle it like an adult. I get that it's probably the biggest moment of your life. And that's fucking, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how we're supposed to behave. Like in the biggest moment of your life, you're just supposed to walk away, I guess, because <laughs> you're putting other people at risk. Like that's, that's what society wants of you. That's that's what we've all kind of accepted right now. And I guess the counter argument would be he was already around 
all those exact same guys all day. But for some reason, those extra minutes are way worse because at that point he knew. So I don't know. For me, is it more of a social question? Is it a medical question? I don't really know anymore. I think everything's become so decisive that no one can really say. Um, yeah. For me, I think it's absurd that you inform someone in the middle of a game. I think the idea that they didn't have the results prior to that seems so fishy to me. Um, but, you know, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, so think whatever you want. Yeah, there, there, there's so much issues with this whole situation because, one, like you said, you found out in the middle of a game, it was late in the game, and at this point, he's already interacted with everybody. So, And it's the last game of the season. So you're not jeopardizing any future baseball games by even contaminating other players at this point. Obviously, you may be afraid of being sued or killing somebody or, you know, whatever the case may be, looking like you're mishandling the COVID situation. But, you know, th- this is a, it's a really weird situation. Like you said, like, could this news have come out right after the game and, you know, tell them then, like, oh, we didn't know. Or is that like, a, you know, a conspiracy in itself? Um, I think at the end of the day, like also his teammates wanted him out there. Everybody wanted him out there. I don't think anybody had an issue at this point because they've already been around him. So, if, you know, if he if they were exposed, they were exposed already. Um, but it, it does, you know, walk that fine line of like you're saying, um, you know, once you find out you have it, you have to handle it a certain way. I mean, everybody's life in this year has been has been adjusted, right? Like people graduated this year and didn't get to celebrate it. People had birthdays and didn't get to celebrate it. People had all kinds of things, weddings that they had to celebrate in an odd way or doing an odd way. like. You're, this is just another one of those moments. Yeah, it's his biggest moment of his life, possibly. And a lot of people had big moments of their life that they didn't get to have this year um, like normal. So um, there's you can look at this any other any way, and I can agree with the argument on any side. Um, it's just a really weird thing that happened, and it's another twist to 2020. And, uh, man, this I, w- I was telling my son the other day, you are going to look back on this year one day and be like, man, that was one crazy-ass year, man. Like, there's sure. just anything. The only way that you the only way that you don't is if it gets worse and crazier. Yeah. So you hope you yeah. really really hope. It's just nuts, man. 2020 has been one of those years um, that you can't even compare to anything else. The next man, one, Barbara Walters. <laughs> the next and last foul or no foul. Uh, we continue down the conspiracy crazy line here. Joe Rogan actually handled the Alex Jones episode well, with all things considered. Adam, foul or no foul. No foul because it's the best he's handled any Alex Jones podcast yet. I mean, they were fact-checking some things. Um, you know, they were trying to rein Alex in when he went off on crazy tangents, but I don't know. At this point, it's so wild to me how many people call for just pure outright censorship of people uh, to the point where they, like, shouldn't be allowed to talk at all. Um, It's interesting. Uh, I mean, as far as how you handle that and navigate that situation, I think Joe's doing the best that he can navigating that with Alex. And I think that for him, uh, it's still important to give that a voice, but to, you know, make sure that voice is somewhat fact-checked. And they definitely went off into crazy town a good bit but uh for me like personally i thought it was the most concise he's ever had uh, a podcast with with alex and for me man having tim dylan there i i freaking love that guy he's so funny to me and he uh he's so 
interesting in the way he thinks about things because where Alex Jones is off in Crazyville, Tim Dillon will take pieces of Crazyville and then bring it back and make it seem like it makes sense. And that's kind of where I'm at in the conspiracy world. So for me, having him there was almost like having me in the room uh, getting to be like, yeah, well, maybe not that often Crazyville, but like, here's some elements that like we know are true of this. And uh, I, I appreciated that aspect of it. So to me, it's must listen, must watch, but I know it's super controversial to even say that because I was on Twitter today and that was fun. So <laughs> I, it's, it's, the new, it's the whole new world we're in now. Yeah, I brought it up because of that, because, you know, Twitter and everybody was, you know, set ablaze by this episode i just think it's interesting because when i got into joe rogan and i and i assume it's when how everyone gets into joe rogan like i don't i don't look at the show as like this educational show or something like where i'm I'm coming for some you know you know factual you know in-depth knowledgeable college course type of education like i'm coming here just to like laugh maybe learn a thing or two if it's possible um but i don't i don't I don't know. It, it feels like we're in this place right now with people where they take everything super serious. And like when I listen to podcasts, I don't take them super serious. So like well, <laughs> this is this weird thing. That I'm not... But I think it's this this idea that people are given a platform. Platforms are earned. And that's what people seem to just overlook gigantically. The reason Joe Rogan has millions of listeners, literally tens of millions of listeners, is because people over the course of time have made the choice to listen to him, and that's compounded. He's obviously doing something right if he gets that listenership. And I mean, I was there from like the double-digit episode days. I remember when it was him and Red Band sitting on a couch recording on laptops. That's what it was. It was just them getting high and bullshitting almost every episode. Like, that's all the podcast was. In a lot of ways, that's all it was ever meant to be. But it got an audience because people wanted those conversations. People found them interesting. People gravitated to them for any reason. Maybe because they were funny. Maybe because they were smart or interesting. Maybe they presented topics they'd never thought about before. Or maybe it was just because it was something that they didn't get anywhere else. And that's still why people pay attention to it. And for me, as someone who's listened through all these years, seeing the blowback it gets now, like, I just, I got to be like Rogan is with it. Like, just don't look at any of that shit. Because really, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, if you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. It's that simple. You don't have to just censor everything that you don't want to be a part of in this world. And I think that, like, that's, I don't know, I'm not going to try and get too overly philosophical, but... For me, like, that's been my big takeaway for 2020, is, like, make my life what I want it to be. Just surround my life with the things that make me happy instead of just inundating myself with everything constantly. Because that's where we're at now. Between social media and the way in which we interact with the internet, we are constantly inundated with every single issue that's happening in the entire world every day. And guess what? It's not healthy for any of us. And yet we all take it on because we think it's like our civil duty. (laughs) Personally, I'm just at the point now where I'm done with it. And I am literally just focusing on the things that make me happy, the things that I want in my life, and things that I'm interested in. And, dude, it makes such a huge difference on your mental health. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but that's that's what I've noticed. And, uh, honestly, when I look out in the world and see people not doing that and focusing so much on everything that's happening around them and how it makes them so upset, I just – I feel for them because I think it's just – it's not a 
not necessarily healthy or unhealthy way to live your life. Fuck about all that. It just, it doesn't feel good. Like I've been there. It doesn't feel good to constantly be in a place where you're just having to attack everything outside of yourself and say that it's wrong. I just, life's too short for that shit. I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm with you in that sense, man. People just need to smile more, be happy more. If you don't like something, learn to just, you know, ignore it, man. Move past it. Just, you know, other things to worry about with your life, focus on something else. It's definitely a big deal, man. Like for me, I've just learned to, if I don't like it, mute it. If I don't, if I, if, even things, man, I find everything funny nowadays. <laughs> like everything is funny. Like things that shouldn't be funny are funny to me. And it, and I think that is like a, a mental health, you know, cope, me, coping me- mechanism. You know what I mean? Like just laugh at it because otherwise you're going to go crazy worrying about it. So like, it's just something that, man, yeah, it, it's crazy. Like just, if you don't like something, like you don't have to try to save the day on everything. Like unless someone's really being hurt in front of you, like someone's life is in danger. Like you don't have to step into every single situation. So again, who are we? We're just some guys. We're just some guys. I'm sure everyone listening has a different opinion on this. Um, but for sure, smile more. That's all I can say. Smile more. Be happy. Let's move on to show and tell, man. Show and tell. Listen, you guys know what we do here, man. You guys all went to elementary school. You guys all did show and tell. We all we all love to go to school on Fridays and show something off. That's what we do here on the podcast. We do it every week. Once a week, we show something off. We tell you about something. This week, I'm actually sharing the air fryer, Adam. Because last week I spoke about how our amazing listener Austin actually sent me one, and you know he was he was a little you know discouraged about my uh, lack of ever using one, and so he was concerned and wanted to make sure that I had that opportunity, and so he did bless me with that opportunity. I finally used it. I'm still not an expert in it. I'm still not. I have not mastered it. I will not pretend to be a master in one week. However, it is amazing, Adam. Do you have an air fryer? I do not. My parents okay. do, though. I've used one multiple times, and they're fantastic. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It is. I still haven't gotten to the part where you. I think you. I think people are spraying the uh, the pan or like the food with like oil. I haven't done that yet. I just keep letting it do the air the thing. The way you talk about it makes it seem very obvious. That you <laughs> not know what you're talking right. about. Right. You know, with the pan, with the pam, with the pam spray. You know what I'm saying? They throw a little oil on top of it, a little butter, whatever it is. To make it more yeah. crispier. I haven't gotten to that level yet because I was still just pressing buttons and trying to figure it out. So I just air fried things, literally just the air and that's it. But I, I see that there's ways to specialize on this thing, man, to get better at it. So I'm still working towards that. But shout out to you, Austin. I am doing this now instead of frying foods in oil. It works for literally anything I've tried so far. Everything, whether I was reheating something up, whether I was just taking something straight out of the freezer. I've tried everything I've tried so far that I normally eat and it's worked on everything. So this thing is brilliant. I actually made food for my kids with it and i was like yeah daddy made that not mommy so uh yeah i'm in the game now man shout out to austin shout out to our amazing listeners shout out to air fryers if you don't have one get one because shit works it's amazing and uh, i'm gonna keep getting better at it i'll display some uh you know some of my stuff when i get it done adam don't be jealous over there i don't know what i'm talking about i'm one week in the game man one week in the game who knows anything one week in the game what do you have to show and tell you know, I needed you to stall a little bit longer because I, I forgot to bring anything to the table. This and guy, this guy, yeah, listen, yeah, listen, know, Adam, listen, listen to me really quick. I got a little bit more interesting life. Oh, COVID oh, let, should have me bringing so much stuff to the table. Let me, let me talk to the listeners really quick. Man, Josh is, we, we got, we got a sponsorship. It changed Josh's life. His first move is to call out of the show. We have Adam, the OG, an OG of the show. He's been here forever. They start to take things for granted. You know, when you do something for so long, you take it for granted. 
He comes here knowing we're down a guy, and he's dropping the ball. He wants me to keep, you know, stretching this thing out so he can live on the spot. The air fryer. You've already talked about that on past episodes. That's not even a thing. You gotta have a new. Player. Oh no 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 no! That was my update, sir. That was my update. Update. Last well, week I'll, I didn't get to I'll use it. Last week I was just thanking Austin. This week it's my it's my fucking show and tell. You know what? Fine. Then we're gonna stall even longer. I don't know what you're gonna have to talk about because we're gonna do Adam's betting corner. So I'm gonna look at what the odds are currently that have actually been posted, which are probably like hardly any. It's probably like two games, which is gonna make this super difficult. Did you just create a new segment or something? Uh, you know, I, it might it might be it might you it have, might have so you have no but, show uh, and tell. So you created a new segment. No, I am showing off my sports betting skills by uh, telling you. Very interesting. Sports betting lock. Very maybe. very interesting maneuver. You know, I I like to throw some things out there occasionally, and uh, this is what we call in the radio world vamping. So, um, yeah, currently I'm vamping, and uh, nothing is jumping out at me. This is not ideal. I've never heard of vamping. <laughs> I've never heard of vamping. You were trying to improv I mean, this show. You know, Adam. It's always good to give betting advice when you haven't studied the slate yet. But uh, Adam, if you have nothing, you got nothing, man. You're the kid who showed up to class without nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna get to call your mom and tell her to drop something off. It's over, buddy. It's over. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over on the uh, Falcons and the Panthers at 51 and a half. That that'll be my lock of the week right now. This Sports guy. betting lock of the week this from guy. Adam, who forgot to bring a show and tell. This is what I'm dealing with. You can you know, find Adam on Twitter at the other FF guy. You can find Josh at JC Crocker. I don't know if you'll find either of them on the show anymore. So I'm giving you that where you can find them at on Twitter, at least. Um, you can find me at Clock Dodgers. My show, this this show may have no no longer have any hosts because they have nothing. They bring nothing to the table here. Man, this, you're, you're such a hater. All right? I forgot one little measly show and tell where I, you know, it's because I just keep doing the same stuff over and over. And uh I need new and interesting things to experience. So, <laughs> listeners out there, start tweeting at me. What should I be bringing to the table? <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. I mean, now, 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 show and tell me what to be doing. So that, now that, you're that's now cool. you're putting the listeners to work. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> you thought my questions were going to get you canceled. Your antics at this point are getting you canceled, Adam. This is crazy. This that's is crazy. Cool. You're edit this part out, right? <sighs> I'm not editing nothing out. I'm not in no more work for you, buddy. Uh, it suddenly got very warm in here. <laughs> the podcast can be found on all your podcast platforms. All of them. If there's one we're not on, let me know. I'm pretty sure we're everywhere. I appreciate you guys for subscribing. It means the world to us. We appreciate your reviews. Shout out again to guys like Jeremy. I, again, you guys can reach out whenever you want. DMs on Twitter, strip on the main page, email. Whatever you want to do, whether it's you have questions, whether you just want to chop it up, whether you want me to continue to find replacements for Adam and Josh, whatever it is, let me know. If you have any ideas on how to get these guys better prepared to show up for the podcast, send them our way. Whatever it is, our DMs are open to you guys. Our messages are open to you guys. We love hearing from you guys. It's super important. We love it. Um, I've been thinking, Adam, what do you think about um, We'll talk about it offline. There's got to be, I, I, I got some ideas for the, you know, for the cloud diners out there that I want to get them, you know, more involved out here. So we'll see. Um, but shout out to you guys. We appreciate all the interaction for real. We love you guys. 
If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, drop a five-star review. Thank you for your support. Adam, do you have anything else you want to say? I, I assume not, but do you have anything I'd like to give you that opportunity? Your assumption was correct. I figure that. Clock Dodgers, as always, be kind, be great, keep Dodgers. <laughs>